0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play podcast, where today we're going to be breaking down the NBA season awards, plus taking a brief look at the best NFL primetime games. That's Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night combined into one. And always to break that down, it's going to be Leo with us. But first, let's let the beat build. Right, Leo, we're here. End of the NBA season. Your Lakers are locked into the play-in. That's <laughs> happening now.
1: We're starting right
0: there, huh? We're starting right there. Let's get you salty to start this thing off. We are we are <laughs> Lakers. Have you resigned yourself to the fact that it is play-in game, period?
1: Uh is are they locked in? Is there no chance? I, I thought that there was still a small chance that they could avoid the plan. I have not conceded in my head that that is that that's reality. Uh, so right now, I'm still kind of hoping that they can avoid it. I think they've got two games left to play, either two or three games left here. Uh, I think the Trailblazer i was hoping that the Trailblazers would lose last night to kind of even it up. I know they have the tiebreaker, but, you know, I was kind of hoping the Trailblazers might choke in their last couple games, but that didn't happen. Uh, so maybe it is playing time, but as long as LeBron is there, as long as Anthony Davis is there, then I, I even feel okay about the plan.
0: So it is—you're not out yet. Here's where you're at. Two games left for you. Two games left for Dallas— Two games left for Portland. So a win
1: clinches it for either of them, right? Because they have the tiebreaker?
0: Yes. So they need to win. You're a game behind, meaning you got to basically go 2 0, and they got to go 0 2. Lakers are playing, this isn't difficult, Indy and New Orleans. All right? It's not, that's not crazy. Indy and New Orleans, right? Nothing crazy there. Now, Dallas is going to play Toronto tonight or tomorrow night and then on Sunday they play the Timberwolves. Not great.
1: Yeah, no, they're probably winning probably both of those games. Okay.
0: And then you have Portland. Portland is going to play now here, here here's your out. Portland is going to finish this year playing Phoenix and Denver.
1: Alright, so there's a chance. There's a chance with Portland. I really wanted them to lose last night. Uh, That didn't happen for me. They ended up beating the Jazz, which I I wasn't expecting, but it happened. So uh, Before last night, I was still kind of hopeful that they'd be able to avoid the play-in. After last night, I'm not as hopeful, even though they were able to get a win without Anthony Davis and without LeBron. Uh, It was just the Rockets, but it was good to see them get a win without either of those guys. Uh, So, uh, I think they'll be fine. They're kind of taking an upswing right now. They've been playing better the last few games, so I think they're headed in the right direction if they do need to play that playing game. Uh, I think that they'll be able to beat Steph and the Warriors in one game. Uh, I do think that.
0: I'm pretty sure at this point... You know, Portland just needs to win one of those. I could see a lot of people resting. Phoenix really doesn't have anywhere to go. They've got three games left, so expect some rest. And Denver as well is kind of limping around. Uh, They can't move into the five spot. The only thing that can change is the five, six, seven, eight spots right now. Uh, Golden State cannot get out of the play-in. Only you can get out of the play-in. I just think that the Lakers are aimed for that. But kind of transitioning here. Uh, We're going to be looking at the MVP, and preseason, you know, I had thought that I had this thing in the fucking bag at, like, multiple points. I have LeBron. I had LeBron at 5-1 to one and Embiid at 25-1. I even had Dame at 100-1. to one. And there was a time period where if you ranked five MVPs, I had three of them, and I had, like, one, two, and yeah. five. In the money. Everything got fucked. LeBron got fucked. Fucking fucked got fucked. Embiid got fucked. The whole thing got fucked over on me. So the, the entire race has changed. I'd and say at the All-Star Star break, through. you were in the I've money. got MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, GM of the Year, Coach of the Year. I mean, Six Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, Executive of the Year, um, and then Most Improved Player. So we're going to run through our list. I'll kick it off with the MVP. We're going three places deep. So I think in the MVP ballot, you vote five. We're going three. So my first spot, I don't think this is close anymore. I think this is over. It's Jokic, right? Jokic in your one?
1: Yeah, Jokic has to be the MVP this year. I, to be honest, I, I've i been a Nikola Jokic fan for a couple years now. I, I think I was a little early on him, uh, being excited about his potential. The 26-11-8 with great shooting efficiency, Like the, there's not really much you can argue against there. For a little bit, I didn't really want to give him the MVP because I don't feel like the Nuggets are the best team in the league. And, you know, normally MVP is best player on best team type of thing, but he's been there all year. He hasn't really missed any long stretches of time, and he's been dominating the whole time. So I'd feel like an asshole if I didn't give it to him.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's. I think that's over. Uh, my number two spot, I think, is a little more juicy. Uh, I have Chris Paul as my number two on my MVP Ooh, list. Ooh, okay. I, I just, you know, how many years in a row do we want to move him to a team that we pretty much write off, and then watch them become a top half? For you know, we talk about how difficult the West is. You know, how many years in a row do we have to go through that rhetoric? Well Chris Paul just keeps going places and keeps making the playoffs. This is a regular season award. They're in the second seed in the west. What am I missing here you know uh c p three number two get, you know we talk about you're the gardener here you're the gardener you're always giving people their flowers i'm I'm giving someone some flowers here i i'm Chris Paul deserves
1: a big time consideration mm. I kind of like that nickname, the Gardener. I like that. I might steal that one <laughs> day. <laughs> if I was gonna give a number two spot, I would give it to the guy that I actually want to give my MVP to. I just can't because he missed some time. I would I would give the number two spot to Joel Embiid. Okay, uh, he averaged twenty nine points, of eleven assists. I'm sorry, not eleven assists, eleven rebounds and three assists. But the shooting efficiency is not too far off from where Jokic is. Embiid shoots eighty six percent from the line. He's shooting almost thirty eight percent from three this year on three attempts. Fifty one percent from, uh, you know, from the field in general. And I just think that this is a, this was a career year for him. They're about to the Sixers that is are about to win the Eastern Conference. Like I personally, I would like to give MVP to to Joel Embiid. He just hasn't been as durable, and in this shortened season, I think you kind of got to give Jokic a little credit uh, a little credit for being able to stay on the court.
0: Embiid's my number three, um, and I, I basically said, hey, Chris Paul, I feel like, played every single game. Jokic has played every single game. They moved to the most valuable player of this year in the NBA, and I have Embiid third, man. I, I, I can't knock it. When Embiid's on the court, you're like, okay, so that guy's going to get – if Embiid wants to eat, he will get 30-plus points and 15-plus rebounds. That's that's a floor. So you have to deal with that. There are a lot of players that can give you 30. There are very few that give you an incredibly efficient 30 plus 15 rebounds. So I've got him as my number three spot. Who rounds it out for you?
1: Mm, if I was going to pick a third, I would go... With Giannis. Giannis is who I would go with in my third spot. I feel like in any regular year, we would be talking about Giannis for the first spot for MVP, but we've been over the voter fatigue thing. Uh, But still, Giannis averaging 28 points a game, averaging six assists per game for Giannis. We know how efficient he is. He's the leader on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. That's why he's the defending MVP and defensive player of the year. Uh, So I think it's a shame that it's partially a narrative award and and thus he's not even really in the running this year uh, because I think that had he not won back to back, uh, we'd be asking if it's him or Jokic. So I give Giannis my last spot.
0: Can't really argue with it. All right, rookie of the year, who you got?
1: All right, so uh, I. I'm sure you are. You're expecting me to pick Lamelo Ball. I am not <laughs> going to pick Lamelo Ball. My rookie okay. of the year is Anthony Edwards. <laughs> okay. Wow. Explain. Yeah. It. Uh, I just think he's he hasn't missed as much time as Lamelo has, and we're going to be talking about people missing time this whole time that we do these awards. So, I mean, if I'm going to knock Embiid for missing some time, I'm also going to knock Lamelo Ball for missing a, a good chunk of time there in the season. Anthony Edwards is averaging 19 points a game, five rebounds. I know that it's not the most efficient, but 19 a game, and he's been more efficient since the All-Star break. They're actually starting to put together some Ws here, although one could argue that they should not be stacking Ws right now. Um, he, he's been a lot better, and he's been there the whole season. Uh, I'm going to give it to him. I think that given the the longevity, or maybe longevity is the wrong word, but the consistency, rather. He's been out there every game. Um, and he's producing. Uh, I, I know it's not that efficient, but as a rookie, you can't expect him to be 50-40-90. So uh, I'm giving it to Ann Edwards. Okay. I, I do
0: have a ball here. Uh, and this is kind of a, uh, you know, the injuries play a part. But when I look at the rookies, I go, he played more than half the year. He came back from a broken wrist, by the way. This was not somebody who shut shit down either. This was someone who came back from my wrist and has immediately started making highlight plays. I think it speaks a little bit to his impact to the team that he was able to leave and the team kind of stayed where they were at. Uh, he's been given free reign to figure himself out as a rookie. He makes all the highlight real plays. I think he's got the right intensity. He offers a lot for the NBA. I look as the rookie of the year. Here's the thing. I think it's more of a glam award than who's honestly putting in the work. So, I'm following that. That's how I feel. I feel the Rookie of the Year is a star of the NBA. LaMelo Ball, to me, star of the NBA when it comes to the rookies. That locks
1: it in for me. Hey, do, does Ant Edwards get a couple bonus points for being the best interview in the league? Do you see all the clips of his interviews, or am I the only one seeing them?
0: No, no, He it's hot. I mean, he, <laughs> he is, he's lighting that up. Uh, he has done very well in front of the mic. It's a shame he's rotting in Minnesota. He probably, if he would get an opportunity on a bigger stage, could have been that guy. But it's not like Charlotte was that big of a stage either. So, you know, the plays that LaMelo made for me were, pre- were pretty nuts. But Edwards, man, uh, every year we kind of say this, but the talent level in almost every sport that's coming in just seems to be going up and up and up. I mean, when you look at the people drafted this year, half of them are contributing and playing minutes. I mean, there there were past years where f- maybe only four people did. So I think that's a big deal. I think it's a big deal.
1: Right. I mean, if I was going to be honest with you, I'm more excited about LaMelo's future than I am Edwards. But just the fact that Edwards didn't miss any time, that's what kind of gives it to him for me. But that being said... Uh, I have a little, you know, I have a little game that I play with a buddy of mine every season where we kind of try to, we we stake our claim on a rookie, you know, and then we just kind of, we go to bat for them as long as, you know, we could try to possibly make the argument for him. this year, his guy was LaMelo Ball, my guy was Anthony Edwards, so uh, (laughs) maybe that's just me sticking to my guns here. Uh, but I like, I like Edwards. I think he's got a, he's got the highest ceiling out of anyone in this draft, I think, and that includes LaMelo Ball just because he's got all the, the athletic traits to really be able to dominate on both ends. I just hope that he doesn't fucking waste away over there in Minnesota because it's very possible.
0: I have a bad feeling about him wasting away in Minnesota. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Everyone wastes away in Minnesota unless you fight everyone to get out. Jimmy Butler, hashtag. <laughs> um, you gotta literally fight everyone Okay, uh, It worked for him though uh, It worked out great for him He went to winners after that And as last I checked And let's go ahead and pull it up Carl Anthony Towns how did you do this year uh, 22 and 47 Alright then let's chug it along uh, <laughs> How long fit- do
1: you think until Carl Towns requests a trade Do you think he requests a trade or does he stick it out I, I Man we're I I don't know Who wants him I'm sure plenty of teams would take him. I don't want to build my franchise around Carl Towns, but if he could be my number two, if he could be my number three, I'm really cooking.
0: yeah, if, if that's the problem, are they gonna be willing to trade him for number three assets? We'll see. i I think that he'll be just kind of the guy there for a while. Um, they if only I'm Washington seem to have one guy
1: if I'm Washington after the draft lottery, you know if I end up with a decent pick, I'm calling Minnesota oh. Beal Wall. Not Wall. Beal, Beal Russell Brook and, and Towns. Yeah, that's a
0: that's a real nice first round bounce. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like there might be a certain... first round bounce without Towns. I feel like you add towns, maybe they win a series or two.
0: Yeah, if they get like Indiana or somebody. Um all right. Defensive player of the year. Uh, here's the problem with this.
1: Oh, uh, here we go.
0: It's Gobert. And and Is it? It's uh, It's just so funny the way they use him. Like, he basically has, like, a little dog pound. And it's that painted area under the hoop. And when he's out of that, you can just eat that man alive. Inside that area, though, he is unstoppable for so it's kind of like a weird thing. You you either go, I'm so sick of this motherfucker, because anytime he plays another really really good big, they do eat him up. But for the average flow of the game, he does really well. I really came down to him or Simmons. I love what Simmons can do, basically guarding everyone who's not a center. He really can do really well against two, three, four, and and that's really versatile. Um, but. I just look at Gobert, and his defensive stats are great. He's blocking every ball in the middle. That's just who I got. I guess it's chalk. I'm so disappointed
1: I put his name on paper, though. (laughs) I refuse to do that. Uh, And so I I went with um, Ben Simmons. I went the opposite way.
0: Okay. Okay. I
1: went with Ben Simmons because look, I mean Rudy Gobert is gonna he's going to win this award. Let's be clear. Like before I even start talking, Rudy Gobert will be the Defensive Player of the Year this season. Uh, I think that's pretty much locked up already. Just like Jokic MVP. But I just put a little bit more. I don't know. It, it gives me a, a better feeling inside going with the guy that can guard one through four at least. You know, maybe one through five. Uh, Ben Simmons is a big dude. He might not be able to bang with Embiid, you know, but he doesn't have to. So, I I think that since he can guard the point guard, he can guard shooting guard, small forward, power forward. And in a pinch, he can switch on near the center and and hold his ground. I like Ben Simmons. Uh, And I like... I know that it doesn't make sense because Rudy Gobert's defense is a big chunk of why the Utah Jazz are about to win the West. But... Just in that same sense, I think that Simmons' defense is a big reason why the 76ers are going to win the East. And, you know, the top of the East is no slouch, so I think that that is an accomplishment. I'm going with the Swiss Army knife, the versatile guy. Give me Ben Simmons, Defensive Player of the Year.
0: Can't. It, not only do I like it. Um, and can't hate anything about it, but I'm all for it, and uh, I, I would love if it ended up not being Gobert, because I fucking hate that guy. I mean, he just I sells. can't lie.
1: It, it It is also in my head the fact that Ben Simmons said that Rudy Gobert is not a better defensive player than him, and then went out and hung, like, 40, yeah. high 30s, 40, yep. went, went and yep. dominated Gobert's team, so, like... That sticks out in my head. That kind of shit. If if you're going to call your shot and then go dominate, all right, Ben Simmons, you got it. Defensive player of the year.
0: I can't argue with that. I'm all into it. Um, Now here's the thing. I've got kind of a trick spot for the six man. (laughs) I don't have one. There are none. Get out of here with it. There is no six man. All of you played a ton of starter minutes. Everyone got hurt this year. Everyone had to sub in. There is no six man. You can go Jordan Clarkson. You can go whoever. Guess what? That guy probably started 20 to 30 games. I just don't have a six-man this year. With COVID, with the scheduling, with the amount of injuries we had, anyone that I could come up and name with has played almost the same amount of minutes or more than most starters on their projected team. I don't have one. I left it blank. There's not a six-man this year.
1: Uh, I'm a little jealous of that, actually, because when I was trying to pick my six man of the year, I wasn't like super excited about it. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm going down the list of names and I'm just like, ah, nah, I don't feel great about this, you know, but I pick one for the sake of picking one. Now I wish that I would have put my foot down and said no six man. (laughs) <laughs> I give it to Jordan Clarkson, though, right. just because he's the most qualified of the group, I guess. He, 100%. 18 the, points a game on the number one seat in the NBA uh, off the bench. I, I got to give it to him. But like yeah. you say, he he started his share of games as well.
0: He started games. This Let's see. I mean, uh, he played in a bunch of games. I, I guess he didn't exactly start games. He played 26 minutes a game. Um, oh, he so only
1: started one game this year. Yeah, oh, started, hold on. I'm back on then. Jordan yeah. Clarkson. Six minutes.
0: Yeah. And if you want to go that route, I'm fine. But when you're going, hey, he's playing 26 minutes a game. The starters are playing about the same amount. He, he, you're right did not start on the court came in immediately <laughs> has been playing a lot more since uh checks
1: in at the eight minute mark in the first quarter
0: <laughs> yeah and then closes it down I don't think that I think honestly like Manu Ginobili this award should have retired with him we don't use people like we used to use for six men six man award is now like a hey great job you know I know you don't start with the five but you're a starter And like when we get into the playoffs, and Jordan Clarkson's playing as much minutes as the starters, what are we doing here? Like, it's just a it's just like a feigned award because you don't start on the court. But we're past that with stats now. Like we understand the impact of players. We understand like how to navigate this and what to do and, and and good moments to bring him in. If he's the first guy coming off the bench every single day. How many, he's going to start next year. Like, someone's going to pay him to start. Like, I just, I don't know. I I go, yeah, I get it. You're not starting. I'm just no longer being fooled by your best five players have to start the game. They don't. The Spurs did it with Manu. They said, you're going to lead our second unit. When it came to the playoff time, Manu played starter minutes. So, this is where I'm at. I just am punting that whole thing out. So what? You didn't start. You played as many minutes as the starters, so I'm just I'm out on it. I'm 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 not giving it out. And every year I'm just going to say this is a blank award. The players don't need it.
1: <laughs> not a believer in the six man award. I can't no. say that I've heard that one before.
0: Hard out. This should be the best backup defense. You know what? They should throw offensive stats completely out for this award and give it to the best defender off the bench every year. It should be called the Lou Dort Award, and he should get it.
1: The winner this year would be Alex Caruso if that was an award. Shout out, my boy.
0: Yeah, and look, Alex Caruso would be a good thing, except Alex Caruso, if, you know, I view him when it comes playoff time, Alex Caruso is going to be out there. So I, I just, that's my problem here. This is no longer, this is like a tricky award. It's like no longer what it was meant to be. It was meant for when your best five started and. You know the six man came off the bench, gave you that boost, gave you that hustle, gave you that drive. I just don't see it anymore. So I'm in this like quasi. It's bullshit. bullshit.
1: (laughs) Jordan Clarkson, take your award home and be happy with it. Yeah, I guess that's That's where we're at with it.
0: I, I guess your paycheck's not enough. You need another award. Like your paycheck is your like like that's my problem with this the six man award. Your paycheck is everyone's six man award. That's what it's for. That's what you're you're getting paid for. You're getting paid for your numbers. The award no longer means what it used to mean. I'm out on it. All right, before I get real angry about that shit. Coach of the year. I I have two candidates. Who's yours?
1: My two candidates for coach of the year. Well, my coach of the year... I have three, okay? I, and I'll Ooh. run through all three of them real quick. But I, I'm going to start off by saying that the winner of my coach of the year is going to be the New York Knicks, Tom Thibodeau. i I'll have to give it to Tom Thibodeau, only because I know that there's better options here. I know that there's teams that won more games here. But the New York Knicks, at the beginning of the season, if you told me, that they would even be in contention for the 4-5 or five matchup in the playoffs this year. I would have laughed you out of the building. I would have told you to get the hell out of my face with that bullshit. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed a word that you were saying. But not only does he have them in the playoffs, they will be a playoff team this year. They also, I don't believe, will be in the playing game. Nope. Like they, They're guaranteed. They're guaranteed. Oh, yeah. In. They're locked in. That's amazing. That's an amazing job that he did over there. He's got a top three defense in the NBA. If you go by points allowed, they're the number one defense in the NBA. Uh, I I couldn't have seen it come in. Their best player is Julius Randle. Shout out the former Laker Julius Randle. I always believed in you, baby. But... For him to be the number one player on the out on the team, and them to be the number six seed in the East, and a frisky three seed, I'm sure that Milwaukee's not exactly thrilled about that matchup. You know, that's they're a tough defensive team. And it's going to be a tough series, no matter who plays them. I got to give it to Thibodeau. Um, I'll make it short on the other two. The other two are obviously Quinn Snyder and uh, Monty Williams. They're prob- one of those two is probably going to be who actually wins the award because they both overachieved this season. I'm just more impressed with what Thibodeau did. So, Tibbs is my coach of the year.
0: I have it flipped. I've got, uh, really for me, it came down the Quinn Snyder bit. Uh, the fact that they were able to hold on to the one seed in the West through Donovan Mitchell's injury was kind of nuts.
1: Like He should be the winner, if I'm keeping it's it real. Nuts. He's just not my winner.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay, Donovan Mitchell went out. And and everyone's like uh I mean, who's going to lead that team? They still kept winning. Like no knock on Donovan here, but you want to talk about and this is why I give Gobert that that defensive player of the year because I can't figure out how they're able to keep in games except they have such a great system. I mean, really, it's nuts that they're the one seed, man. They lost Donovan Mitchell, and they're just banged out 50 wins. They could win 52 games this year without their best player.
1: Right, and they might end up a being only 50-win team.
0: In the entire NBA. Right. And without their best player. I, 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 I came down to him and Tibbs. And I'm moving, you know, Chris Paul is taking the Monty Williams spot. I'm not giving it to Monty Williams. I'm giving it to Chris Paul. I watched OKC. They fired their coach after he left. Yep, 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 yep. I am moving strictly to I cannot believe that the Utah Jazz are going in first place. And with, like, uh, Joe Ingles, like Bogdanovich, like, oh, these are awesome role players. <laughs> like, these are so cool role players. How the fuck are you winning games, you assholes? Like, <laughs> how the fuck are you winning games? Oh, yeah, they're allowing opponents to. Here's the other thing. Do you know who has the best point differential in the fucking West? I would guess them. Oh, it's not even close. It's not even close. The Clippers have a 6.2 differential. Utah, 9. 9. 9. They're outscoring you by every spread on the board every day. 9 points. It's not close. They don't have Mitchell. What someone someone explain to me how without Donovan Mitchell you not only pace the entire NBA or the entire West and point run differential point differential, you pace the NBA. The highest in the East comes out of the 3rd place Milwaukee Bucks at 5.9. Their differential in Utah is nine. How?
1: Yeah, I don't don't know. With with Mitchell, they're missing 26 points a game, five assists, four rebounds. Like, that's a big chunk of production that got taken out of their lineup. Now, he's only missed 17 games. It's not like he missed the whole season and they were somehow able to get the number one seed. Uh, But ever since he's been out, they haven't missed a beat. So, I mean, they do deserve a ton of credit for that. How many games? 17. 17. 17 is
0: 72-game season. That's a quarter-plus of your season. Yeah, it's a nice little chunk. And they're in first. It's insane. It's insane to me. It is fucking crazy to me. So, when you look at all the numbers, you're like, okay. Uh, uh, so, here's the other thing. Um, who's scoring the most points in the West? Oh, it's them again. Who's keeping everyone at the lowest points? Oh, it's their second with the Clippers. By a fraction, no, they beat the Clippers. So they, they are scoring the most points and allowing the least amount of points of the top six playoff teams in the West. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'll All right, on. so
1: let me stop you there. I, we, we're not going to move on, actually. If they're the best team in terms of point differential, they're the best defensive team among the top ranked teams in the West right now. Um, do you, uh, do you like them for the finals? Hell no, <laughs> they just don't
0: have it. Like they're a great system, and I think they'll be really good. If they can't get Donovan Mitchell back, they have no hope.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And even they if they do get Mitchell back, away. I still, uh, I'm, I'm good on them. But. Yeah,
0: they they're them and Milwaukee are in the same bucket for me. I'm like, that's so cute. Now, when you go to the big boy game, uh, do you? But if you go to the big boy game and you get thrown out the club, this is why I'm just not going to watch you play next year again. It's because I don't care what the stats are. Like, I already know what I'm getting. So (laughs) they're they're in that Milwaukee Bucks, you know, that's so cute. You are so much, you are so funny. You know, like you're such a, oh, you're such a good boy. You know, I just don't fucking care about you.
1: Um So So it does look like they're going to get Mitchell back in time for the playoffs. At least it looks like it's trending that way. Uh, He's definitely going to miss the rest of the regular season, their last couple games here. Uh, But it looks like the hope is that he'll be ready to go to start the first round.
0: All right. Here's an interesting one. Most improved player. I'll tell you this.
1: I don't think it's that interesting.
0: I zagged on this whole thing. Oh, no. I went in a completely different direction. I'm not following any of the rules. I'm not giving out an award for the sixth man. And I'm giving a whole team the most improved player. Step up, New York. Your whole team gets it. This is not a one-man show. I know Thibodeau's going to get second place. This is my award for your whole team. Congrats. You all played like big boys. You all lived up to your potential. Derek Rose, congrats. Julius Randle, congrats. RJ, way to go, bud. This is a your whole team stepped up. This is not the Knicks didn't get here in my opinion because one person did. This Tibbs got the whole team to buy in. They play an incredible system. The New York Knicks are my most improved people.
1: I kind of like it. I like it. I also went with some New York love on most improved. I don't even think it's really up for debate. In all honesty. Julius Randle and his 24, 10, and 6. He's shooting over 40% from three this year. I'm going to say that again. He's shooting over 40% from three this year. I'm going to say that one more time. He's shooting over 40% from three this year. Julius Randle, he's turned into a sharpshooter out of nowhere. Now, it is a contract year, so I guess we're going to have to see if he follows this up next year with another big season. But did you know that Julius Randle's already earned $1.8 million just in incentives this season? Um, he wow. got, uh, I believe, 900 k for making the All-Star game. He made another 945 k because the Knicks made the playoffs. Julius Randle, hats off to you. He's the most improved player. I don't even, like, I, I'm not entertaining another player. It's Julius Randle.
0: Yep. Look, I, I went I went the whole team. I, I, I like is, it. I like it. But I'm, but I'm, I'm just glad we it.
1: got some New York love here. They, they oh, definitely yeah. look, deserve it.
0: That's when I went through it, I was like, look, my most improved going to the Knicks. Thibodeau is going to take my second coach of the year spot. And that's really the hats off to him. Okay, last category before we flip over into some, some little tantalizing NFL talk. Uh, executive of the year. I'll tell you what. It's KD. Crown
1: him. <laughs> you got Crown KD him. for executive of the year.
0: Crown him. He's always wanted this. Crown him. Give it to him. All right. Tell me who made a better move. Like like New York had any say in this. Like K D wasn't if KD was like, nah, not going to the Knicks. Or not going to the Nets. Like Kyrie is like, yeah, well, I'm going by myself. No, you're not. Shut the fuck up. No, you're not. This is all KD. Once again, KD goes where KD wants to go. KD gets the stars. To, to me it's KD. I'm giving it all to KD. I don't <laughs> give a shit who's in the Nets front office. None of it matters. <laughs> You got two coaches on that team. Two. Steve Nash, Dan Tony. You got KD, Kyrie, Harden. You don't get Harden if you don't have KD. To me, this is just simple shit. I looked around the whole NBA and I said, none of y'all did shit. KD did all the moving. All the moving, all the shaking. Still is. KD, Executive of the Year. Congrats, bud.
1: I guess... It's only right that we have some Nets love on here. It would have been a little weird if we didn't give the Nets any kind of respect or love on any of these awards. Uh, However, I did not go with KD for my executive of the year. (laughs) I went with Travis Schlenk, who is the general manager and president of basketball operations for the Atlanta Hawks. Okay, I go with Schlenk, not for the reason you're thinking. I know that they're in the playoffs for the first time since it was Joe Johnson and Al Horford and them boys, but that's not the reason why I'm giving Executive of the Year to Schlenk. I'm giving it to him because he had the presence of mind, the wherewithal, to know that Lloyd Pierce, his head coach, was not the guy. What does he do? He sees Nate McMillan get fired from the Indiana Pacers last offseason after doing a decent job with Indiana, in my opinion, Uh, And he decides, I'm going to bring in a veteran to back up our young coach, just in case. You know, we'll see what happens. So, how does it unfold? The Hawks were asshole, hot ass, hot garbage. Up until they decide to fire Lloyd Pierce and let Nate McMillan, their offseason acquisition, take over the coaching. Since they've done that, the Atlanta Hawks are 25-11, and and they're now in the playoffs. They were not a playoff team before Nate McMillan took over. I'm gonna take my hat off to Travis Schlank for knowing that his coach was a problem and bringing in a proven veteran to sit behind him and wait for him to get fired. Hats off to Travis.
0: I I think they've made a lot of yeah I think they've made a lot of moves. They're obviously the four seed. I can't knock it. I'm, I just think that this executive of the year is gonna to have to go to a player like soon. At some point, <laughs> we're just gonna to have to be like, hey. Uh, you guys really don't have much say in this, do you? And they're like, no. I mean, when you you should Google the recruiting efforts that these teams go through to land these stars, and you realize very quickly that it's more about. We should just call this the dog and pony award. Who put on the best show? Like who got you know the the Miami Heat has like a a, a famous recruiting where they they bring you down to Miami and you hop in a boat. Okay, you hop in a boat, and then you go down, like, a fucking river, whatever they have, whatever you guys have down there, you know, estuaries, whatever that is, and so they're, they're, you drive from, like, the, the facility you're at, which is, like, waterfront, hop in a fucking beautiful boat, that boat takes you to Pat Riley's house, as you pull up to Pat Riley's house, there's just, like, championship trophies, like, sitting in the fucking dock, they're like, check this shit out, and you're like, holy shit, this is crazy, they're like, right, okay, keep moving, so then you go down a little further. You run into Dwayne Wade's house. He's like, hey, bro, this is where it's at. Then you get to Alonzo Morning's house, and he's like, hey, what's up? And you're like, okay, well, that, this is pretty fucking cool. And you just hop in boats between trophies, okay? That's, you know, and they're like, oh, man, Pat Riley, executive of the year. I'm like, just call them boosters. Like, these guys are pretty <laughs> much boosters now. So I'm I'm naming players, like KD, congrats, all, all, all for the whoever in Atlanta did whatever. Give me – KD KD's the man now it is funny I'll give the Knicks a lot of credit here too because the Nets are so far second fiddle in New York that with the Knicks making the playoffs no one's even talking about the Nets so the media doesn't give a shit about the Nets. It's incredible what the Knicks are doing, but I just think that's a funny little thing.
1: You know, I did want to give the at least I gave thought to giving whoever the, the Nets president of basketball operations is some love here. but like you say, I give the credit for getting hard in and you know and orchestrating all of this stuff really to Kevin Durant. And so I did not want to give the Nets executive, whoever he is. I didn't want to give him any love for that reason. So we're kind of on the same page there.
0: Let's and let's do one more thing. Now the season's over. The worst trade in my lifetime that I have ever seen. Happened this year. Happened this year. Happened in the NBA. Houston did it. Houston <laughs> traded James Harden for essentially what? What? It, what's around you. What's around you, like, if you're sitting down right now, like, to my right, I've got some Gold Bond lotion for my sunburn. I've got a cup full of water. It's just a Target plastic cup. Uh, I've got my phone and then a work laptop. So that, that combined is basically what the Houston Rockets got back for James Harden. So the, the Nets, I'm not giving any credit for Houston going, what's the worst deal on the table? Okay, <laughs> lock that fucking in. Like, it's insane to me what the, Knicks, what the Nets gave up. And I, I just can't believe Houston looked in the mirror and said, it's not that I don't want Ben Simmons. It's that I want to draft the ninth best player on my team for the next five years with this pick. So uh, I don't want to give the Nets any more credit for that because they don't get it. I want to give an anti-executive award who was the stupidest motherfucker ever. Houston, stand up. Come get it. You've been waiting for a shiny trophy for a long time. You've got it. Here it is. Put it in your case. I'm a stupid fuck. Put that in your case. Shut the case. And, and, and I mean, you're going to have to wax that thing every single day because you got to be so proud of what you did getting, getting rid of James Harden. So fucking proud. All right. Let's flip over. Up, oh, you got a parting thought? No, no.
1: I was just gonna say that that was a beautiful way of saying that they had a terrible season. But maybe oh they're gonna God. be rewarded. They they have the best odds at landing the number one pick. Well, actually, they changed the draft odds, so right. they are among the teams that have the best odds to name to land the number one pick. Uh, I guess that is what they're banking on.
0: Here's what's gonna happen: OKC is gonna get the number one pick because that's what the gods want. Here's what the basketball gods are looking at. I think it's the bottom five all get the same odds, right?
1: Uh, either four or five, but yeah.
0: They are Cleveland, no. You aren't. You you deserve nothing. Orlando, you know, okay, some pity there. I can get some pity. Detroit, no, I'm sorry. Houston, no, no. Big time, no. And then OKC. OKC's doing everything right. OKC, I think, should get the first pick. I know it doesn't work like that, but that's just what I want. So.
1: so I think uh, the, the bottom three teams, those are who have the same odds. So Houston, Detroit, and OKC right now. OKC is definitely the team I would like to see get the number one pick. They have some yeah. bones there at least. I want Houston to get the third pick.
0: <laughs> I want them with nothing. They deserve nothing for what they did. They deserve nothing. They could have been in the playoffs if they took, if they took Philly's deal. They would have probably been in the playoffs, at least in the play-in. This is so stupid. You deserve nothing. You get the third
1: pick and I hope you pick a bust. Speaking of picks, I think Minnesota's pick uh, is like top 3 or top 4 protected and if it falls outside of that it goes to the Warriors. I would love to see the Warriors, you know, either use that pick as a trading chip or or even pick the the best prospect available cuz I, I think with Clay back next year, you know, if they're if they're 8th seed without Clay, if clay is 75 to 80 percent of old clay, then I think that they're a, a top five seed next year. So I, I, something to think about i
0: i I don't know after the Wiseman debacle, I don't see how you go, yeah, and I'll take the pick. You're like, okay, I'm trading the fuck out of this. We did this last year. we should have traded it. We took the pick. it didn't fucking work. Not that Wiseman's bad, he's just not what that team needs, and he needs too much time to develop for for Steph and Clay and Dre. You got to get someone in there tomorrow. You're gonna trade that pick. I hope they get a top pick too, and I hope they trade it away and bring back someone. Um, maybe that's where Bradley Beal goes. Who knows? They should have uh,
1: drafted Lamelo Ball, but we don't have to they go should've. there. Thought I was a circle make the chopper a him. Got a meet up with the gang like a culture I caught a huddle. Gang. Tripping when I'm stepping, got me leaving back a puddle. Get a nigga scrap, real quiet,
0: real subtle. Big daddy don't play with this shit. We're gonna flip topics. We're gonna get into the NFL. And with that, schedule release has happened. And the season's creeping. It's creeping up on us little by little. This someone someone tweeted out something today that made me both extremely happy and extremely sad. They said that, that oh it was yesterday. The time between like yesterday and the start of the season is the same time between the start of the season and the end of the season.
1: No, that yes, is, that right. does make me a little sad.
0: Yeah. You're like, oh, so I got to wait this amount of time and then that amount of time it's over? And they're like, yes. And you're like, god damn it, football. <laughs> All right. So I don't take much out of the schedule. What I look for is who's got travel dates and yeah yep, 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 yep. Okay. So here's what I do want, though. I took Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football and said, who's got the best slate? Which week is going to just get me fucking up in the morning, you know? Who's got it? So, I broke all that down. I do have three caveat positions. Thanksgiving has three games. Christmas has two games. Christmas Day has two games. Alert for everyone out there. Christmas Day has two games. And then there are two games in London. So, I lumped them into the two Christmas Days, two London games, the three Thanksgiving games, and then each week of the slate. And I, I looked through it, and I'm going to tell everyone some caveats. I am assuming... That Aaron Rodgers will be playing on Green Bay. Big assumption. I just, you know, I got to make that call. The other thing is, I assume that these rookie quarterbacks will be starting during these weeks. So uh, I don't think that, you know, the Bears drafted Justin Fields and are going to let him sit behind Andy Dalton. Just uh, no, right? We all agree there. No, that's not going to happen. It better not happen. Exactly. So then I broke it down and said, okay, give me those three day three games and let me see who's got this the the best shit. So here's what I came up with. My honorable mention is Christmas Day. Christmas Day has two games. All four teams have a pretty fucking good storyline. We have the Browns and Green Bay. That should be hot if Aaron Rodgers is playing. And then we have the Colts and the Cardinals. That should also be pretty hot. So, that's my honorable mention. I think they were my sixth spot. Sixth spot. Any issue with that?
1: Mm, No, I have not seen the national slate, so I'm not sure if I'm going to agree with you or not. Uh, But Green Bay versus Cleveland definitely should be an interesting one. That's, That's a battle of what, two... 12 plus win teams. No, Cleveland went 11 and 5. So, double digit win teams. uh, We expect both of them to be playoff teams. So, yeah, that should be a good one. I don't know if I agree that Cardinals Colts is going to be a good one, but I guess that depends on, you know, if Carson Wentz gets shit shaken over there this season. I'm not a believer, but we'll see.
0: I think they're going to be a 10 win team. So, a 10 and 7 team. I'm in for that on my Christmas day. Uh, Just to run down some raw numbers here uh primetime games i believe five teams uh two teams have uh six looks like the saints and the packers um no no the saints only have five
1: why why do the saints have so many primetime games do we want to watch Jameis or Taysom that badly
0: i don't know but that's kind of why i go in and i go when you're ranking these weeks there are a lot of duds so i tried to pick weeks where i'm like even the Dud matchup is pretty fucking good or exciting. So knowing that the Saints and the Packers have six every week with the Saints, I don't I don't really I don't think I have them on my list so I have no interest in watching that fucking team. Uh, there are five teams there are sorry there's a bunch of teams with five the Cowboys, Bears, Bucks, Seahawks, 49ers, Bills Ravens. I, I'm I am I'm, I'm not okay with a lot of those teams getting five games. I'm all about it for the – well, I'm all about for the Ravens, you know. Um, Bears, Cowboys – get
1: the
0: <laughs> Bears, Cowboys, get the fuck out of Dodge. Um, I'm not super excited to see the 49ers in prime time. I'm just not. I will see the Buccaneers. I will see the Seahawks. Not really sure what I'm thinking of the Steelers this year, so I don't really want them in prime time. Do you and know if
1: getting, the 49ers' prime time games, are they late in the season or are they early in the season?
0: Uh, the 49ers have uh, basically – They're kind of spread out. They've got one in Week 3, and they've got one in Week 7, and then one in Week 10, and then it looks like Week 13 and 16.
1: Okay, so the ones after Week 10 I might be a little bit more excited about. I I expect Trey Lance to be playing at at least by that point. Uh, Not excited for the Jimmy G primetime, though.
0: Yeah, the first game in primetime they play is against the Packers in Week 3. That would have actually been, that was like the high point but the rest of the games that week are utter trash. So uh, let's walk through now. Here are my top five. I'll start with five. Week six, we get uh, this is the and, and kind of the worst of it. Week six, this is my fifth spot. You have Tampa Bay and Philly. I do like Justin Fields. I'll pay to see Tom Brady. This should be at least a decent matchup. Jalen hurts. Will be a little bit. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. So I, that's the first game. That's the weakest of the group. We then have on, so that's Thursday, Sunday night football, we have Seattle and Pittsburgh. I'm I'm okay with that. Two playoff teams from last year, a lot of history in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll take them. But the Monday night game, I really think is going to be a hot tamale. It is your Tennessee Titans versus the Buffalo Bills.
1: Mm-hmm. The Titans and Bills have played a couple times over the last couple years now. We we got them back. They had beaten us twice in a row going into last season. We got them back last season with a, a pretty nice little ass whoop in there. Uh, yep. So they're definitely going to come in wanting to rip our heads off. I know that for sure. <laughs> So
0: I kind of look at this as I go, hey, the Buccaneers in primetime, I see Tom Brady. I'm not sure how many times we're going to get that left. That's kind of your juicer to start. You go with a historic team in the Steelers versus Russell Wilson. I'm all about it. Then you move into what I think is the creme de la creme matchup of the week, and that is Buffalo and Tennessee. That's my fifth spot. My fourth spot. uh, This is week 12. Week 12 starts out with Buffalo and New Orleans. This is the only time New Orleans shows up on my list. I'll take... Josh Allen running around in that dome. I'll take whatever the Saints look like at this point. Uh, I think this is going to be an exciting game. Uh, It could be a billion points scored. So I like that to start me on Thursday. But Sunday night, we get Ravens-Browns. We saw that (laughs) last year. That was the cramp game, cramp gate. One of your favorite matchups. That is a good matchup. The next one... I'm going to tell everyone this. The Washington football team is going to run away and hide with that division. It's not going to be close. And they play the Seattle Seahawks. A little if it's that, magic this season? I I, I I, almost don't care who quarterbacks for them. As long as it's not no one like they had last year, they, they will have the best offensive line in that division, and they will have the best defensive line in that division. They also will have the best skill positions in that division and the best head coach. This is going to be a 12-win team. I have them at 11 to 12 wins for the Washington football team. We are going to get Russell Wilson, who's going to be scrambling for a playoff berth against a top-seeded Washington football team. Lock me into Week 12. I'm all fucking about it. Also, Fitzmagic in a big game, you don't know what you could get. It could be terrible. It could be insane. It could be five touchdowns, 400 passing yards. So that, for me, took my fourth spot.
1: Yeah, I don't know, like you say, I don't know what I get from Fitzpatrick in a big game, but I do know that no matter which way it swings, I want to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Let me and, ask and, you a question about something that you said here a, a little while ago about the Saints. You, you talk about not being that interested in New Orleans that season. And it got me thinking a little bit they were 12-4 last year, and, and that was with Drew Brees, the corpse of Drew Brees. You know, Drew yep. Brees missed time, and when he did come back, he was just, eh. You know, I mean, he retired, so that tells you a little bit about where he was at. Do you think that they're... Are they going to be worth watching? Are they going to be exciting this year? Because 12-4 with the ghost of Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, and Jameis Winston makes me think that they've had some sustained success. So I, I just I wonder if maybe... Are they going to be an elite team? Do you do you see them no. taking a step back? How they, they win twelve an elite games team last year?
0: Last year. Uh, a weak NFC, but and the NFC will mostly remain weak.
1: When was the last time that they had under ten wins? I feel like they crank out double digit win seasons every single year, and last year they did it without their quarterback. So yeah, I, and that's kind of you know that's what the
0: leading off the week for me. I'm excited to see. Uh, at this point in the year, have we gone Jameis Winston full-time, or are we still using Taysom Hill and in his inability to throw? <laughs> um, you know, this is what I want to see. That's why I think they'll be interesting. They have all the weapons. Um, Jameis Winston's a knucklehead, though. Like, you can you can train him up all you want. A knucklehead going a knucklehead. And and that's just what you're going to fucking get with him. So, uh, I, I'm, I am... <sighs> I don't think the Saints can be any better than they were with Drew Brees in in any point in time. And I don't think that highly of, I don't think that the Saints should be looked at the way we revere them. We revere this Saints team that has the same amount of Super Bowls as Joe Flacco. Less Super Bowls than Eli Manning. And, and I, I just, I don't really find them that impressive overall. I think in their dome, they're a lot of fun, and that's what will make this game fun. I think this is a team that's going to struggle on the road all year. I think they're going to win a good bit of their home games. I just don't see them being the marquee attraction that they used to be.
1: Yeah, I'm so. with you. I'm with you on that. I, I'm interested to see what the Jameis Winston experience looks like, if we even get a chance to see it.
0: Okay. Um, all right. Let's, I'm going to run through my, my top three real quick. Um, week 10, you've got uh, Baltimore versus Miami. I think that could be a lot of fun. Mm. Kansas City, Oakland. Uh, that is Oakland's the only team to beat Kansas City during the regular season last year, so let's get a repeat of that. And then we get the Los Angeles Rams, newly formed offense, versus the San Francisco 49ers. We are in week 10, so we're probably going to see Matthew Stafford versus Mr. Lance I think that's got a ton of value here. Miami, almost a playoff team last year. Baltimore's excited. Kansas City, Oakland. That's good. I mean that's always going to be high scoring. And then we top it off with Rams, San Francisco. Uh, in the second place, this has got more narrative driven. In the second place, I have Week Four. We get Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. That's phenomenal for me. That should be uh, great. Yep, Jacksonville versus Bengals. It'll just be a it'll just be a fun game. Period. Um, but the fourth game the the sorry it, the sunday night football game is tom brady going back to new england
1: that's going to be the game of the year at least that's going to be the highly the most highly rated game of the year without a doubt
0: and so i'm just i'm all over that i think that's i, I mean this this i struggle to put between one and two so and then the Third game on that docket is Oakland in San Diego. Give me some Justin Herbert in San Diego. Oakland will put points up. They always put points up. So I basically think I'm going to get two of those games are going to be insanely high scoring and a lot of fun. And then the narrative with the Patriots and Tom Brady is just too fucking juicy.
1: So what week was that for Patriots? and, and Four. That was, that's week four. Okay, so if that, yep. if that matchup is in week four, what week do they start hyping it up a little bit? Like, At what week do we start hearing about that matchup and how we're looking forward to it and start seeing commercials about it? Like, How long do you think it takes for that? I say by week two we're already getting commercials for that matchup.
0: The season opens in a Thursday night football game with Dallas in Tampa Bay. The talk about that Patriots game will happen before the kickoff of that game.
1: Okay, so we're already going to be getting the hype for New England versus Tampa in week one.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, while the whole world's watching, they're going to remind everyone that they're going to be playing, period. You're going to get a lot of that.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I I say at least by week two, you're going to start seeing the commercials pop up on TV. Oh, yeah. ESPN is going to do, you know, a little 30-minute segment on, ooh, Tom, Bill, who's got the upper hand? You know, like, uh, all I'm just
0: immediately I'm kind of
1: excited about it honestly <laughs> I want to have it.
0: it oh yeah that's I mean it, it is when I look at the whole schedule that's the game I have to watch uh and then the last the last week I have is my top entertainment seed uh is week five week five starts out with the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks it's a matchup from the uh, uh playoffs then you get the Buffalo Bills in Kansas City another rematch from the playoffs and you end it with Indianapolis and Baltimore, another rematch from the playoffs. So, well, no, they didn't. They didn't meet. Um, but you're basically looking at six playoff teams. They all played each other last year. They're all playing each other again to me this is and, and the Colts could take a step back but I don't expect five of these teams to take a step back I think that is the juiciest week in terms of my best games the only reason that week 4 didn't make it is that Oakland San Diego and the Jacksonville Cincy aren't going to have any real repercussions to their to the to who wins and loses so um, that's that's my top rundown. Uh, any thoughts before we close this thing out?
1: Uh, do you have a win prediction for the Ravens? I know that you've gone through the schedule at least twice by 12. now. Twelve. Twelve to thirteen. Twelve wins? Yeah, twelve to thirteen. What's the bottom end range of that?
0: Uh, six losses. Eleven and six.
1: Okay, so uh, eleven to thirteen wins, is that what we're going with? Yeah, that's my range. Okay, I think for Tennessee, I've only given the schedule a look one time, but... As long as they're able to produce on offense, I think that a 10 to 10 would be the bottom. 12 would be probably the top end. 10 to 12 win season is what I'm looking for. Okay. Well, that does it for us. Remember, you can find us online
0: pick and play podcast you can find me on twitter pick and play 37 you can find leo pick and scroll Uh, we're going to be launching a website later this year i'm looking into that now we're going to be doing a little bit of rebranding you'll still be able to find us in your current channels Uh, remember rate subscribe review check us out reach out with questions stay safe and peace